If you are inclined ever to look at the Satipatthana discourse, the ways of establishing mindfulness, it becomes evident that the section on mindfulness of the body occupies actually the bulk of this discourse. In fact, in one teaching, the Buddha says, without mindfulness of the body, there is no mindfulness at all. So there's a lot, many, many different ways of approaching this contemplation of the body or establishing mindfulness within the body. It is given such priority because the lessons that we learn within mindfulness of the body are, of course, the lessons that are applied to the whole of our lives. They are the lessons that are applied to our contemplation of feeling, of mental states, of phenomena. There are primary lessons learnt within this foundation of this body. On a very practical level, of course, you, you, you really see that the Buddha is not at all prescriptive around meditation techniques. You know, over over the time since the Buddha's life, of course, uh, you know, there's probably as many styles of insight meditation as there are teachers. But what has really happened over time is people trying to find ways to put this teaching on mindfulness of the uh, of the Satipatthana, the direct path to liberation, to put it into a form, a skillful means that can be applied rather than just a kind of abstract contemplation. So you will see teachers who use, uh, you know, sweeping, moving the attention through the entire body. You will see styles of body contemplation that emphasize being with contact points, postural sense. Um, You will see styles of meditation that emphasize really arising and passing of sensation within the body. So it isn't as if there is a right way to be mindful of the body. What is encouraged is this direct, immediate, experiential sense of the life of the body moment to moment. Clearly, we contemplate the body throughout the whole of our lives, don't we? Every time we look in the mirror, contemplating the body, um, we contemplate other bodies throughout our lives. But what we actually see is that often the body is contemplated not through the eyes of insight, but through the eyes of self, my body, through the eyes of judgment, through the eyes of anxiety, through the eyes of craving, the kind of body we think we should have. So what is encouraged in this teaching is that we are actually changing the lens through how we see the body and how we understand the life of the body. In the practice, as we go on, even though as we add more pieces into the practice, the mindfulness of the body remains our kind of core anchor, our core ground in which we learn to be present. It's sometimes useful to experiment with different ways. 
the body breathing. This is a way of establishing mindfulness within the body. The body sitting, the postural sense of the body. Contemplation of the sense doors, the eyes, how the eyes, the ears, the tongue, how all the sense doors are used are part of mindfulness of the body. So finding our way to actually have this sense of establishment. We are establishing a home within the body. Now clearly many of you have spoken, and I'm sure there's many in this room who you know, find in, in retreats that one of the aspects of body experience you're working with or sitting with or enduring is body discomfort. Now, of course, we would, you know, it seems like if we put the, filled this room up with recliners, <laughs> you would still have body discomfort. Hmm? Discomfort is part of having a body. Hmm? We are not actually encouraging you to exaggerate that or magnify that or get into some sort of heroic. Uh, overcoming discomfort. But discomfort is part of the life of a body, unless you're very different than me. It's a wondrous day when I wake up and something doesn't hurt. (laughs) So we're actually learning to, to accommodate and to understand our relationship, not only to when the body is well, which is wonderful, appreciate that, but what is our whole relationship to discomfort? It gets pretty reflected in our relationship to body discomfort when we sit. We've spoken about all the skillful ways of being able to, postural ways of of not getting into places of endurance. But sometimes, you know, in this life, we're just asked to meet the uncomfortable. How do we do that in the practice? Sometimes discomfort's just in the background of your attention. You're established in mindfulness of breathing. Then you start to see your attention getting divided because your knee is asking for some attention or your shoulder or your back. You quite intentionally take your attention there. It's almost like mapping with your attention that experience that is occurring, seeing how it is changing, the very nature of the sensations that are there, where they end and where the the whole life of the body changes into a different field of sensation that's not uncomfortable. Spend time with it. Spend time with it. Really knowing when when the mind is in a place of a curious investigation and then when it moves into a place of teeth gritting. That's the time we make an adjustment. But learning to actually, you know, we've spoken so much about this shift from aversion to curiosity. And this applies so much within the body. In the Satipatthana, the Buddha begins the instruction by knowing the body as the body. Knowing the body as the body. What is really suggested here right from the get-go in this practice is moving from a place of my body into the body as the body. Moving from a place of identification into a place of a, a curious investigation, allowing the body to be the focus of mindfulness. This is a huge shift. We go through life very much, this is one of our primary forms of self-building, is in my body. 
What is it like to step out of that and to know the body as the body? This is a training for the whole of our lives. Being with the body, being mindful of the body, is a, is a wonderful teaching in beginning to sustain intentionality and intentional attention rather than just being impulsively dragged from one sensation to another, from one phenomena to another. We're learning to sustain attention. We're learning a lot about equanimity within the body, about how to be equally near all phenomena, the pleasant, the unpleasant, that which is neither, rather than again our mind swinging between these extremes of aversion and fear and craving or disconnection. We're learning to be equally near all phenomena. One of the things we're really learning within the body is to ha- that the link between discomfort and aversion does, is not an automatic link. The link between the pleasant and craving is not an automatic link. We begin to learn that actually we can see and, and meet the unpleasant with kindness rather than with aversion. This is a huge piece of learning for our life. We're learning a lot about the difference between concept and actuality. We have a story about the body and we have an actuality of what's going on. Yeah, and I spoke about this last night in our, in our ambulance imaginings. We have a story about what's going on and the actuality of what's going on. This is the piece of teaching, I think, that the Buddha was primarily concerned with. The other day, well, we have introduced this term dukkha, which is a very difficult word to translate into English. But there is a quality of dukkha which simply comes with having a body, aging, sickness, death. And there's a, a dimension of dukkha which is about all the unsatisfactoriness and challenge that comes with change. But there's a third dimension of, of dukkha, which is what the Buddha was primarily concerned with, and I think we are primarily concerned with in our own practice, which is sankhara or sankata dukkha. And this is where pain is layered upon pain. Hmm? This is where there is an actuality, for example, of a sensation in the body or an illness or a pain, and layered upon it is our reactions, our aversion, our narrative, our story. This is the dukkha that is optional. This is the dukkha that is optional. And this is what actually this teaching is primarily concerned with, is looking where we are adding this extra layer, superimposing this extra layer of pain upon the actuality through our reactivity, through our fears, through our aversions, through our grasping, and that this is where the mind moves into torment. This is where the mind moves into struggle. So that is where we're coming back to actually the bare sensation within the body, stepping out of the narrative, understanding that the reaction in the mind and the actuality in the body are not the same thing. I think I've shared this with somebody before. I really saw this so clearly a couple of years ago when I was having some eye surgery. And, you know, as often as you know, you're quite awake when you have eye surgery. And and I was, it was a very long surgery. And, you know, and my first thought was, this is really, this is really awful. Um, And then I thought, I actually don't feel anything. It's actually not awful. 
<coughs> it's just happening. But, you know, I actually don't feel anything. So that, that whole kind of superimposing about, oh, you know, this is so terrible, how can I bear this? It was just a story. And we see how that is kind of goes on throughout the day, how we're adding these extra layers. And mindfulness of the body is really teaching us something about learning to be with what is rather than our ideas and our constructs and our stories about it. We learn a lot about metta within the body, about how to befriend this body and all its changes. We see and we begin to see as the attention deepens, as the mindfulness deepens, how body is process. Body is not thing. Body is process. Just like all things in this life are process. In that process, we see the arising and passing. We see it at much grosser levels in our life as we move through our life story from you know, babyhood to being an adult. We see that process, but we see it in a much more microscopic way, arisings and passings, which really only deliver one message to us, which is to let things be. That every time we're trying to kind of interrupt that process with clinging or grasping, we basically get into trouble. So as we contemplate the body, it is not just about attention. It's not just about concentration. It is about insight. What are we actually learning within the field of this body as the body? So today in the practice, very much continuing to allow this to be our ground, our way of establishing, I really encourage you today to notice the moments when the mind disassociates from the body, when the mind disconnects from the body. The body is sitting, the mind is elsewhere. The body is walking, the mind is elsewhere. The body is standing in line at lunch, it's, the mind is leaning forward to the salad bar. Just noticing where the mind starts to disconnect from the body, knowing that the body is always a present moment experience. It doesn't have yesterday's headache. It doesn't have tomorrow's uh, toothache. The body is always this present moment experience. This is what we come back to. And every time we return to the body, we are returning actually to the immediacy of this present moment experience. You can contemplate the body in different ways. Aware of mindfulness of breathing, aware of the moments of disconnection. These are important moments. These are the places where we see where our mind tends to go. And we know that. We know it. We don't just run back. We know it. Then we return to the body, the body sitting, the body breathing. You can contemplate the body just as the body sitting, the whole of the body. You can contemplate the body in the contact points. You can contemplate the body in the sense doors but to be established, to be present. Okay, so again, just settling, settling into the body, into your posture. 
being upright, softening areas of holding tension, felt sense of the body sitting. Places where you connect with the mat, the cushion, the chair, your hands on your legs or your hands together. Breathing in, calming the body. Breathing out, calming the body. Breathing in, calming the mind. Breathing out, calming the mind. Breathing in mindful of the body. Breathing out mindful of the body.
So as we, as we move now uh, into the walking period, you can start to become really aware of transitions and make, try to see them as seamless, that there's no place in which we stop meditating or stop being aware and present of what is happening right now in this moment. So as you move from the seated posture, notice what that's like. As we arise from our cushions or our benches or our chairs, notice what the body feels like. That there's some, when there's a shift in the posture, there's a shift in the, uh, in the, in, in the feelings of the body, uh, the, the comfort or discomfort of the body, maybe there's some relief, what's happening as we arise. And then the intention to find the place to walk. You can be present for that or just moving to your usual place. And redoubling our uh, intention to be really present with every step. Every step is the first step and the last step. There's no step before and there's no step after. There's a memory of the last step and no anticipation of the next step, but just this one. So that we're present rather than falling forward into uh, where we're going or what's going to happen or uh, what may come in the next uh, step, but just being here and being really present for what's happening in the body so that you can uh, adjust the, uh, the pace of the walking. If you're feeling a bit sluggish, perhaps you want to uh, move the pace a little, bit, uh, a little bit faster, just slightly. And if you're feeling restless, you may want to slow it down a bit so that the awareness of the body is seamless through the sitting, the standing, and the walking. And as we uh, move from the, uh, the formal walking period back to the hall, again, there's no um, ceasing of the presence or the meditation, but again, a seamless place when we move from the, uh, from the walking to the sitting so that our practice becomes rhythmic and gracious and dignified. So the body contemplation can become uh, a real companion and a real support for, um, for the practice of presence.
So we have um, individual, um, I'm sorry, we have one group uh, meeting today. Some of us are at 9.15 and some of us are at 10.45. And so please be sure if you weren't in a group yesterday, you'll be in a group today. And whatever, uh, if you're in a group today, you'll be in a group in two days so that you should keep checking the board every other day. And uh, there are some uh, sign-up sheets for individual interviews and some guidelines for how you, um, how you choose to sign up. If you have a group interview, we ask that you not sign up for an individual interview and um, that the individual interviews are essentially for and to discuss uh, issues that you don't feel comfortable raising in a group. So have a beautiful day of practice.